Welcome to Just Punk Enough. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. Today we have Mike Kennedy from All American Rejects, and he has recorded tons of bands, copyrights, Screeching Weasel, Direct Hit, Red City Radio, a lot of bands I play on my radio show, and uh, it was good to talk to him. Uh, Pierre from Sucka Punch and Screeching Weasel hooked it up. He has become friends with him through Screeching Weasel. So uh, thanks for the hookup, Pierre. It's awesome. Mike was great to talk to. I uh, know nothing about the All-American Rejects. And uh, now, after doing research, I'm like, wow. I, uh, I should have done a lot more research because that band is way bigger than I thought. But uh, without further ado, let's listen to this interview with Mike. It was cool. All right, let's roll. So, Mike, uh, like we just were talking about, we got a mutual friend, Pierre, who's in Screeching Weasel, and he was like, you got to talk to Mike. He's a good guy, knows a lot about punk, and uh, he said that you got a, a extensive vinyl and zine collection. Is that true? I do. I've been a, <laughs> a huge nerd for that stuff for shit almost 30 years now. Well, oh, yeah. The punk stuff in particular, but I've been like buying records since I was like five years old, but yeah, yeah, big, big nerd for that stuff. So are you like trying to get super rare records or are you just all general grab vinyl here and there, wherever you can? Um, I, I've definitely gotten very unfortunately into <laughs> getting the rare expensive yeah. now, especially expensive shit. Thankfully okay. I, I got into that stuff when, it was a lot cheaper relatively yeah. than it is now. <laughs> right. But there it's... but now I'm kicking myself for all the shit I haven't bought at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I I I was into it a while ago too and I should have bought all the cool stuff that I found. And now it's just outrageous, but you know, they're re-releasing all these cool punk uh records, you know, different variants and this and that. I'm like, well, I got to have it, you know what I mean? So <laughs> totally. They're just reselling me all the stuff that I own. It's like, oh man, they got me. Oh yeah, I I've definitely I'm a sucker for that stuff too, and that's yeah. You know, yeah, and it's just not ever stopping now. So I, I, I like, know. I feel like I got to cut know. it off at some point. Like I have enough copies of this on enough colors. Right. <laughs> so tell me about the Zine collection. Oh, I, you know, that's another thing. Just like you know, back in the day, I just got Zines because you know Zines were around, and uh, yeah. so I, I accumulated a lot just naturally. And then uh, yeah. there have been like there was at some point where I was like. I had a, so many like Max Rock and Rolls and I was like, yeah. well, I'm not far from having like all of them. <laughs> and so I was like, I might as well go for oh, it. That's and, awesome. and so, uh, I thankfully found some people with collections who were like, yeah, you can just have it. And oh, so, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So I got a lot of that and then a lot of, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff like touch and go and flip sides and oh, okay, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. I have one maximum rock and roll and then my uncle my uncle gave it to me. He was the original drummer of Seven Seconds, so there's a huge, uh, like, Skino um, section in there, and I still have it all wrapped up and stuff, you know. Oh, that's, that's the awesome. only one that I own. Yeah, it's totally cool, man. It's one of my prized possessions, but I don't, I very rarely open it up, and, you know. That's a uh, cool family. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> man, definitely. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about you, man. How did you, um, how'd you get into punk rock? 
You know, is that is that your passion or is it just music in general? Um, both, but yeah, I'm definitely like a particularly nerdy with punk. Uh, yeah. And that was probably you know early '90s. Uh, I was I was aware of you know stuff like Ramones and Sex Pistols and stuff, and right. then uh, and I was that perfect like middle school age for when Nirvana hit. Yep. And so that's what led me like, Oh, I've heard of some punk and you know, that led me down the road to discover and actually listen to Ramones and sex pistols, which then led to like dead Kennedys and misfits and descendants and all that. And then led to the bands who were actually playing at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So what uh, what was like your band? Did you I mean, did you have like a favorite back in the day that was like, oh, God, these guys. Um, misfits were yeah. definitely always like that, that they grabbed me very early on. And uh, and still to this day, I've, I love so much. And uh, yeah. and yeah, them and I think Descendants, I think I, I had a leaning towards the bands that could pull off melodic stuff without realizing that's what I was leaning towards. But now looking yeah. back, like, yeah, I really love that stuff. That's cool, man. Do you remember your, uh, your first show? Yeah. Let's see. I think there was just, I, I lived in Houston at the time okay. and I, it was just like a local show. Um, but it was cool. It was like first, like, Oh, I'm going to a punk show. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to think of the first one that was like a band that's like worth remembering or like worth noting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember seeing uh, early on No Means No and DOA together. Oh, and okay. that, that's that cool. was a pretty awesome show. No Means No in particular really yeah. had an impact on me. They're, uh, they're the Hanson brothers as well, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, DOA was at my uncle's house last week in Oakland, man. Just oh no on, way on their tour, just staying there. They got a bunch of merch sent there and stuff. And I went to a, a Raiders game with uh, Joey Shithead, and I was um, just I don't know. I was just kind of in awe. Like I'm like I don't know what to say to this guy, but he's just a normal <laughs> dude. You know what I mean? It's just, totally. Just like I know how famous they are in the punk scene, so it was kind of just I don't know. It was cool, but still a little standoffish. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I've totally been there. Where it's like, I'm so stoked to meet you. I have nothing to really say that wouldn't just be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for like dorking out and geeking out, just you know, yeah. I, I had that opportunity with Glenn Danzig at one point, oh, and no that kidding. was yeah. Like I had a buddy who was doing lights for him on tour, and he's okay. like, he's like, hey, we got a day off in Oklahoma City. Uh, Glenn needs someone to drive him around to like use bookstores and stuff. You want to do it? And I'm like, fuck yes, I want to do it. And, uh, wow. and so I did it, but the whole time I was like a deer in headlights being like, uh, just yeah. trying not to be like a fanboy. but he yeah, was super yeah. cool. Yeah. I did that the other night with uh built to spill. Doug was, uh, the singers right out front. And I was just like, you know what? Life's too short. I'm just going to be a fanboy." And was like, will you sign this record? And then da, 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 da. <laughs> I was just like, whatever, man, I, who cares? That's what they like it too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally deep down inside. That's, you know, we're paying the bills and yeah, they love that stuff. So it's cool. So you were in, uh, did you grow up in Texas? Yeah, I lived in Houston until like junior year, and then I moved to Oklahoma City, and that's where I've been since. No kidding. So what? Um, when did you move to Oklahoma City? It was 
like 1996. Yeah. Okay. So is that that's that's when I graduated? Is that right around when you were in high school still? Yeah. Yeah. I graduated in '98. Okay. So were you playing um, music at this time, or like when did you start? You know, deciding that you wanted to play instruments. Uh, yeah. Like middle school is when I started trying to play and. Uh, I think like eighth grade, I had my first band. So yeah. yeah, I was, I was definitely playing stuff and then, you know, moved here and kind of had to start over and, you know, well, I obviously had to start over and meet new people, yeah. but, uh, it was great. Cause actually moving here, you know, Houston's so big and there was, you know, I had my friends and, and people who went to my school that I was aware of, but like move here, it was actually like a scene because it was like a yeah. smaller city, smaller opportunities, like bands weren't coming through as much. So like okay. shows were put on at the American Legion Hall and it was just, it was much more of like an actual scene and tight knit and, and actually ended up being like the best thing. And, and, and I got to meet all these new people and it, it was awesome. So yeah, so since since middle school, I've definitely been playing and just have always continued to do that. And what were you playing, guitar? I started out playing drums and then eventually moved guitar. When I when I moved to Oklahoma in particular, I tried playing drums in the garage and our neighbors weren't having <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'm playing guitar now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. So were you what what was uh, some of the bands you were in in uh, high school in in uh, Houston? Oh, I it, no, no, I was, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City. My bad. Oh yeah, um, the only the only one that ever actually put anything out was this band called Mr. Crispy, and we were just like a you know basic '90s pop punk band who loved you know Screeching Weasel, and yeah. uh, but we did like a few seven inches, and we did an EP on this label called Mutant Pop that was kind of like a big deal for pop punk stuff. Oh okay, uh, and so yeah, so that that was like my high school band. Did you guys tour at all or anything? Yeah, we did a couple, just like, you know, a couple weeks long, short tours, uh, but they were super fun. You know, not, yeah. you know, we could probably count on our the hands of the band members how many people saw us at any of these tours, but yeah. <laughs> but it was a blast, you know, it got us to actually do it, which was the, the whole reason anyway. Yeah, totally. How did you get uh, a label to put out your stuff? Like, did they approach you or were you guys searching and, and pushing it? Um, I had, I put out our seven inches and that, that label also had a distro and they were oh, okay. the only distro who was cool enough to carry our seven inches. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> and so then when they started doing these like CD EP series, they were doing, they, he invited us to do it. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So were you, um, like exploring recording at this time or were you just focused on band, band playing and stuff? Yeah, just playing. I I didn't get into recording until probably two thousand five ish. Yeah. When when you know there was actually like uh, I don't know if you remember M boxes. Yep. I uh, it, yeah. Yeah, like that was the like finally like it felt like there was an end to recording that wasn't yeah, just because yeah. like four tracks I tried them and I was always just like lost and couldn't ever get them to work right for me. Yeah. And, uh, and I definitely like, you know, when I, my bands would go record and it'd be like eight ats or something, that right. was really over my head. Yeah. Yeah. So how did, um, how did all American rejects come about? Cause was that, af that was after your high school band, right? Yeah, that was, um, 
Well, the band started with uh, our our singer and guitar player, Nick and Tyson. They started the band. They lived in Stillwater, which is like a college town, probably like 45 minutes from Oklahoma City. Okay. And, uh, and, and I had a band at the time uh, called Euclid Crash that we, we ended up playing some shows together. And okay. eventually they just needed a guitar, a second guitar player and asked me to do it. And they were cool guys and it worked out and, and it very much worked out. So, <laughs> so, so was that self-titled out already or are you on that record? I wasn't on it. Uh, they, the, when I joined the band, they'd pretty much just gotten back from recording it. So, okay. yeah, so I wasn't on it, but ended up touring the whole time for it. Okay. I got you. So, uh, when that happened, was it like, was it like this big deal to you? Like, was it noticeably a bigger band than what you were doing or was it still kind of small by this time? Yeah, it was still very small. It, it, it was cool because they had a label that I actually knew of behind them, you know, which is, which was doghouse. Right. And okay. so that was exciting. Cause I was very much aware of doghouse, but you know, the shows were still like, you know, we were doing weekends, driving to anywhere we could and the surrounding states and just playing shitty little bars or, yeah, or right. you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So it was definitely still small, but it was awesome because it was it was kind of the first time where I was in a band where everyone in the band was like full on, like this is what it's all about. It's just the band. So that was exciting. Oh, that's cool. So it was like finally some like-minded people that are like, this is what we're doing for our lives. Like, this is how we're going to make a living. Totally. Or try to, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and, you know, for the first however long, like, we actually were making enough money to, we all, all of us and a, our, like, tour manager, who is what we called him at the time, but is just essentially the dude who helped us out. Uh, yeah. He, it was all five of us living in a two-bedroom duplex, but <laughs> none of us had to have jobs, you know, like yeah. that paid for it. And we were, we had enough money to eat and that was all we had, but it was great yeah. because it was like, fuck, we were doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So, so what was the next steps? Like, so the album after that was move along with, you know, and then that one was, I mean, that's pretty major right there. Like what are the next steps to, you know, doing another album? I mean, that was, you know, yeah, because we had some unexpected success with that first one. And, right. you know, more than we ever had dreamed of. Uh, so, you know, with Move Along, I think it was, I, you know, there was, I don't want to say there was pressure necessarily. I mean, we wanted to be able to keep doing it, but we'd right. also were like, you know, if it, we were all prepared for it to go away at the same right. time, you know, but yeah. uh, we worked hard on that one. And, you know, really like we went, to the grindstone like trying to make that record the best it could be and like and so i don't know we worked hard and and it and it paid off thankfully yeah i mean i i was just looking it up today and it's like sold over two million copies and i was like oh my god dude <laughs> like that is huge like to me that's huge like that is like super successful you know what i mean that's like something to be very proud of you know what i mean <laughs> thank you yeah, it, yeah it's crazy we we got uh we we're lucky to say the least yeah so how did interscope records come about i mean what, did they seek you out after that first album uh no it was so the dreamworks records i don't know if you ever remember that label it's yeah. 
they came knocking around the around the time the first record was coming out. There was a lot yeah. of like major labels kind of like sniffing around. Yeah. We ended up going with them, and then they got bought by Interscope. Oh, okay. So we kind of just ended up on Interscope by the time Move Along was coming around. Yeah, that's but, cool. But that ended up being a blessing too because the head of Interscope was Jimmy Iovine, and he like oh, took right. a liking to us. And oh, so, wow. yeah. So, and that guy, especially within yeah. the label, is like pushing for us. It was like it. It very much yeah. helped. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, did you? I mean, your life pretty much changed after that, right? Like, you're playing huge shows, big festivals. You know, going traveling worldwide. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just nonstop, and yeah, big kept getting bigger than we could have ever imagined. And was it like, I mean, you're on tour buses and, you know, you, people are, you know, tour managers, you, people are planning your tours. Like, you guys are just there to play, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's just awesome, man. That's just so <laughs> cool to me, like, that, that you know, that that can still happen. You know what I mean? Like, what 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 kind of bands were you guys playing with that were, you know, like inspirational to you like oh my god we're playing with Iggy Pop or you know was it anything that stood out that you you know like shit your pants about well you know very early on like when we first got a booking agent uh one of the first tours that we got uh was opening for a veil oh, okay which is like nice. a very odd combination you know to think about yeah. now but uh yeah it was a veil and hey mercedes and and actually there was a band we were then we were the second band and the first band was this band called uh the curse which ended up being uh dave haas from the loved ones oh, okay his oh, okay. band before that and so but that so that tour like it, it, i was very excited because i was a big avail fan and i was like yeah and we'd had some experience just right before that touring with bands that were kind of assholes and so i was like i really yeah. hope they're cool and they yeah. were fucking beyond cool that's so cool. I, I saw Veil once. They opened for, or no, the draft, uh, Hot Water Music, other project, opened up for them oh, in nice. San Francisco. And my buddy was filming it. He's like, hey, you want to come see a Veil? And I was like, eh, they're all right. And then after I saw him, I was like, holy shit, I'm such an idiot. This band is so good. You know, yeah. like, yes, yeah, such a great band. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And they put on, yeah. put, they, the, you know, every night were like, yeah, always gave 100%. They were rad. And then uh, you said, "Hey Mercedes," right? Yeah, yeah. I got, I have that CD, man. I remember, I totally remember that band. And they're great dudes too. It was a very yeah. eclectic tour, uh, yeah. but it worked out. It was, it was great. It was a blast. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, you guys were on the Warp tour that year too, right? Two thousand five. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We did do it that year. And did you do the whole thing? Like you were a headline headliners. I mean, you know, every day they like move where you're at. Right. <laughs> so it's no, but we were on it. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. How, and how grinding is that compared to other tours? Is it about the same or I've heard like smaller bands were like, that's the hardest tour we've done, you know, cause it's just so grinding, but yeah, it's, think? it's, if you're in a bus, it's easier. We we yeah. had done it like one year where we only did it for like a week and we did yeah. it. We were like, fuck it. We'll do it in a van. And it's <laughs> miserable. It's the worst idea ever. Yeah. Damn, but, that's rough. 
Yeah, in a bus. I, I mean, it's still like, you know, it's long days and it's hot. And if you're not up for that, it can be like our other guitar player. He never had fun, but I, I loved it. I love just yeah. walking around all day. Um, but it, it, it can definitely be a grind for sure. Well, I can imagine, you know, you're playing, you know, you're on this huge tour with all your friends, you know, from all these other bands. Like, that's got to be the coolest thing. Like, in my opinion, I'm like, dang, that is awesome. I loved the Warp Tour growing up, you know? Totally. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't it, it, it's, it's, there is that trade-off. <laughs> of right. long hot days and and yeah. hauling gear and, and through the desert essentially <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i used to go to the one up at uh, boreal every year it's just outside a truckie up in the mountains and it was it was like you sat on the hill on the ski resort breathing this mountain air watching bands you know on stage and i went to like 16 years in a row and oh wow finally stopped i was just like yeah i'm just kind of getting out of it but i loved the warp tour man it was just <laughs> it was huge on me growing up with music so yeah, yeah i went you know in in the 90s i definitely went a few years and always had a blast though i was really cheap and didn't want to pay for water so I just <laughs> yeah. go to the the yoohoo tent and get free yoohoo <laughs> yeah i remember that <laughs> and uh and sometimes it was warm oh that was bad that was a bad idea i should have just bought water <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> i just remember seeing such weird bands on it you know like i saw black eyed peas and iced tea body count m&m you know i remember seeing um sugar ray when they first started and they were so good and and Limp Biscuit, and it just mixed with all these 90s skate punk bands. It was like, it was like, I don't know, it was like a mix CD, but live. Mm -hmm. And it was like, finally learning about these new bands. It was just, I don't know, such a, a big part of my childhood. So, hell yeah. And you got to play that. I mean, that's, to me, that's huge, man. Like, wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. And we got to do a few years of it. And uh, I, yeah, I always had a blast. Oh, that was the other thing I was trying to think of that that makes it such a grueling thing is there, there's hardly any days off too. Right. Which yeah. I think that, I think that first year we did it, which was like 2003 or four, three, I think. And I remember there was 19 days in a row with no days off. Yeah. And that's, oh and, then, and then one day and then, you know, back to another few weeks. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. dude. That is some, that is some crazy, like, <laughs> Yeah, no wonder a lot of bands just turn to drinking and drugs, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> totally. Else, that's a hard, hard grind, man. So, yeah. So, uh, what's what's next? When the World Comes Down? Yep. And that was that was produced by Eric Valentine, right? Yeah. And that guy, like, looking him up today is, like, super huge, big-time producer. Yeah, he's done a lot of crazy shit. That, uh, that so, Queens of the Stone Age record in particular, people always are love and love to ask if I know anything about, which I really wait, don't. But <laughs> which one did he do? The um, the songs, uh, songs for the dead. For the, no kidding, he did that. Yeah, Jesus, dude, that is awesome. <laughs> so, how was that recording experience? Was it different working with him since he was such a you know a bigger producer than any guys of anybody else you've worked with, or was it? You know. Well, the guy we done move along with was a, a pretty big name too. This guy Howard Benson, but he'd done a oh, lot okay. more like kind of new metal or new rock kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and but Valentine, he was 
he was just different because, I mean, really those two guys were like as different as possible. Cause like Howard Vincent ran his, his whole thing, kind of like a, uh, an assembly line where it's like, oh, okay. One room guys are doing this while other guys are doing something in the other room and just kind of like get it out as fast as possible. Whereas okay. Eric Valentine was like just him doing everything and yeah. the most like detailed minutia about anything you could think of. And he's just kind of a mad scientist too of like gear and just knowing how everything works in a studio. Oh, um, wow. And so it was you know, it took forever because of that, but oh, it was, right. it was great. He's uh yeah, I learned a lot from him and he was, it was awesome. It was, he was a really cool experience. So w at this time were you kind of experimenting with recording yourself? Yeah, I had started getting into it by this time. So I was definitely like eagle eye watching him yeah. <laughs> and, right. uh, and trying to pick things up. But it's also like, you know, some people just have a fucking gift. And it's hard yeah, to, sure. <laughs> I can watch him as much as I possibly can and, and still never be anywhere near him. Right. But be able to, to be around somebody that high end with all the gear and all the mics, like, of course, you're taking as much away as you can learning this stuff. And totally. And, uh, I mean, that is awesome. You know, that's it's as big as they get. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. So did you have a studio by this time or and recording bands or were you just kind of experimenting? Yeah, I'd done a, a couple things by then. I, I, you know, I've never had like a real like a, a dedicated building as a studio. I've always kind of okay. just done it out of my house yeah. and, and turned some rooms into a studio and gotcha. uh, which, which has always worked for me. You know, like I have I have nice gear and stuff to go in it, but they're yeah, they're just parts of my house. But yeah, I've done I done a couple records. I done like Ben Weasel's solo record and I forget what else. But I've done a few things and it started to actually be like, okay, this is something I want to do by that point. That's awesome. How did the whole Ben thing come about? Like how did I mean, were you seeking bands out or were people you know, throwing your name around or or what? No, actually uh do you remember Alternative Press magazine? They yeah. used to have this thing at the time like an, uh, a section where it's called idol worship where they'd have someone in like kind of a currently popular band interview someone they grew up listening to gotcha. and uh and they asked me because i knew some people who were editors there and they thought of me and asked if i wanted to interview ben and i was like yeah fuck yeah That's cool. <laughs> and uh and that led to him eventually sending me some demos and then me taking the bold step of because the demos were just him like singing and playing guitar. And then yeah. I took that and made like a full arrangement, like a full band arrangement out of it. And okay. I was like, if you ever want to record something with me and let me produce it, this is kind of what I would do. And he was down and that was oh, how that it came so up. Cool. That's cool. So was that kind of the big, you know, jump right there was Ben? It was. So yeah, I kind of leapfrogged ahead of myself a little bit yeah, <laughs> because yeah. yeah, I went right to one of like my idols and, uh, and I probably, you know, on, on the like technical engineering side, I certainly wasn't ready, but I had enough yeah. people helping me out to kind of get me to where I needed to go that that record turned out cool. Like it's, it's a very weird sounding record when I listen to it now, like the tones of it, but yeah, it, but I got there and it got done and I, and I think those songs are amazing. So I, I I'm happy that it, 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 it got me. It also leapfrogged me in that respect too, of like, okay, I really need to learn this shit and get better and 
just yeah. have a trial by fire fire with it. So then like then he he came back and wanted to record uh the whole band. Yeah, first, uh, first world manifesto with you guys. Where were yeah. you? Yeah. He um yeah, yes he he was happy with how it turned out and like the experience and and I, I certainly did too. And um yeah, so around that point he was he had gotten the band. Well, he'd been playing solo under just under his name with those same guys essentially. And okay. I think it was at that point he was just like, Well, we'll call it Screeching Weasel. And yeah, and so he asked me to do the next record and I happily obliged and uh, you know, and that was the first time me getting to do a record for Fat too, which was another like huge deal yeah, for me. Huge. Yeah, that is huge. That's cool, man. So did you, so, and this was done at your house as well? Same, like same setup? Actually that one, uh, I went up to Wisconsin and we recorded everything there. Cause that's where like most of the members were living at the time. Oh, okay. I got and, you. And, uh, yeah. So we did it all there and at various <laughs> studios. Was, um, Zach Damon in the band at that, at that point? He was wasn't. He fired everybody? That yeah, was so right. it, was, it was right after that record okay. that Zach okay, joined. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Because I knew Zach back in the day when he was on, um, oh, crap, that EP. It was like 98. Uh, major that? label then, debut. Yeah, yeah. So I, I worked with Zach in Reno, and uh, I had a, a Screeching Weasel sticker on my truck, and he's like, pretty cool sticker, man. And I was like, kind of like who is this guy and then i was like oh my god this is zach from zoinks like one of my favorite high school bands and then he's like yeah i'm going to chicago and doing weasel stuff and i was like oh my god i was so like oh my god i know this guy it was like yeah so that's awesome yeah it was pretty cool so then how did you you know you were shuffling recording and doing doing the band stuff like it was easy to do both, right? Yeah, I mean, at that point too, it's just like I would do recording whenever we weren't touring. You know, when I had okay. some free moments. So yeah, it was more sporadic than it is now. And now that the band has kind of slowed down, and I do more recording than I do touring. So yeah. So with the um, All American Reject stuff, is are you involved in the writing, or are you just kind of a hired gun, or how's well, that work? Our singer and our guitar player are kind of like the songwriting team. And, you right. know, they get together and they'll write a song and kind of demo it out. And then we all get together and, you know, do our thing yeah, and add to it and practice and all that yeah. stuff. That's cool, man. Man, that's just, it's crazy. <laughs> so how did you get, how did you hook up with Direct Hit? Um, it was actually a dude who was, who had been managing Screech and Weasel uh, started managing them and, and I was actually already aware of them. I had like a bunch of their seven inches and yeah. stuff. And, uh, and he asked me, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm working with this band. Would you be interested in producing them? And I was like, yes, I completely would. Like, I was like, I know. Oh, Cause so I'd even cool. thought about it listening to those seven inches. I was like, yeah. there'd be parts where I'd be like, Oh, this is like almost a really great song. <laughs> if it only had yeah. this or this. And so, uh, it's funny cause I, that I'd even thought about it with them. So when he asked me that, I was like, fuck yeah. And then I, you know, I got to know them and great dudes and, you know, still just like, you know, very good friends, you know, from that, yeah. like not, you know, much more than just, you know, working together. Like I love those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did the copyrights come about? Cause that's one of my favorite bands, man. I love that band. Uh -oh. Yeah, they're great. Uh, kind of, it, it, that was actually maybe an, an extension of the direct hit stuff because yeah. 
the direct hit first direct hit record I did was on Red Scare. Yeah. And so then Toby, who runs Red Scare, eventually reached out and was like, yeah, I guess he was happy with that record. And he was like, you should work with the copyrights. And I was like, I'd love to. And so yeah. he hooked us up. And those are another great batch of dudes. Yeah. So it's just like pretty much word of mouth, people getting a hold of you and and uh, totally. you know you're doing something right if that happens, you know. But, yeah, totally. Uh, and, isn't Red Red City Radio is from Oklahoma as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so I've that... known those dudes for a while. Oh, okay. That's cool. And Wasn't one of the dudes in um Oh man, what's that Bay Area band? There's no no more was the uh guitar player for a while for him. Dang it, I can't remember. Never mind, forget it. Oh, Nothington. <laughs> Wasn't the Nothington oh. guitar player? Yeah, yeah, Ryan. In, in that band for a while. I really yeah. liked Nothington, man. Really liked that band. Yeah, so yeah. He's yeah, he was in it. That was I hadn't met him before he joined, but yeah. he's a good dude. So what is um what are you guys doing now as a band for um All American Rejects? Um, you know, we still play, play shows here and there. I mean, obviously the pandemic fucking put the brakes on everything right um but we're just now starting to get going again and start we're gonna play some shows this year it was a bummer because in 2020 it was the 15th anniversary of move along and we had so much we were gonna play more shows than we had in a while and like Uh, riot fest had wanted us to play the whole the album in its entirety and then yeah pandemic ruined all that (laughs) ah that sucks is there any plans to to do any of that again Nothing at the moment, but we're we're just starting to get to where like okay, we'll play some shows, and we played our yeah. first show in two years like a month ago, and okay. it was actually great, and we all had That's a lot, of, really had a good time. So we're looking forward to doing more. That's good, and and then how's the recording going? Are you super busy with that, with stuff in the future and and currently? Yeah, uh, just yeah, keeping going. Um, just did. Let's see, just finished up a record for this band called A Vulture Wake which is okay. uh, Chad from All's, like, newer band. Oh, wow. And I was a huge All fan, so that's that yeah, was a cool thing awesome. to get to do. Um, and there's new Screeching Weasel records coming out this yeah. summer. Yeah, and cool. Yeah. So, and, then, and then I do, like, mixing stuff, too, for bands when I'm not recording, and which I've been doing a lot more of that because of the pandemic since I yeah. you know, couldn't have people coming in. But uh, So, yeah, just keeping busy. That's cool, man. What is the name of your studio again? Uh, I don't really have an official name. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> people, how can people like get a hold of you? Oh, um, Instagram. I'm at yeah. Mike AAR. Just send me messages on there. That's cool, man. Well, uh, shit, man. I think I've taken plenty of your time. You know, I appreciate you, you know, hanging out and talking to some guy you don't even know. But, you know, this is how y- you've met all the bands you've recorded pretty much. So. <laughs> exactly. No, man. Thanks for asking me to be on. <laughs> Yeah, man. I know, like, in the past, I remember, you know, Zach and Pierre talking about this studio of of yours and this and that and them recording there. And I, so I've kind of known about it for a while. And then finally, oh, when Pierre was like, you got to talk to this guy. Yeah, I'm here. Hello? I'm here. You here? Okay, there you are. Sorry, I lost you for a second. No, it's all good, man. I was just saying that, like, I've known about the studio and and you recording for a while just because of Zach and um, and Pierre. So it's you know it's cool to finally talk to you and kind of you know 
get a personality to who's recording these weasel albums that i love <laughs> cool man yeah <laughs> man I, I love those dudes that zach that was another yeah just getting to work with him like you mentioned zoinks like i was a huge zoinks fan in the 90s yeah. too and like so that was that was super cool when he joined back in weasel yeah. i was stoked to work with him and he's yeah, so was, good yeah man i yeah i was so excited he's got a studio uh, around here too and i just asked pierre the other day i was like i kind of want to do a solo album you know and uh i kind of want to record it with zach and would you be interested in playing drums i was like two heroes of mine thinking hell no we don't want to do that stuff but they're like yeah we're totally down i'm like wow okay <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm like screw it man i'm in my 40s let's do it you know while i still can yeah totally awesome, all right man, man thanks and uh nice to meet you dude Nice to meet you. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good night. Bye. There you have it. It blows my mind that people like Mike still want to talk to Joe Schmoes like me. But you know what? That's what life's all about, man. Sharing your story, sharing your cool little antics about this and that. That was a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I would love to work with Mike someday. And uh, definitely going to check out all of his releases. And um, can't wait for that new Screeching Weasel. So thank you for listening. Go to JustPunkEnough.com. And uh, you can go to KMVC.org and check out the radio show there as well. And uh, thanks for listening, man. Have a good one.